You are listening to the Tour des Flaneurs, the cycling podcast at the 2021 Tour de France, powered by Super Sapiens. Energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Stage 21, today we're in Paris. Where are we, Francois? We're on the Champs-Élysées. And uh, we just saw the peloton, you know, ride its first lap of the most, uh, how do you say, the, the most beautiful avenue in the world. That's what the French say, the Persians say, I guess. I, I guess others, you know, say Paul Mall or whatever. But what does uh, an Australian uh, think? Uh, Mitch, I don't know if you've been here before, but we're in the middle of the Champs-Élysées. We are 200 meters from the finish line in a, an area, if it sounds very quiet, that's because it is where we are. There are no crowds here at all. Um, But what are your first impressions of the final stage of the Tour de France? Unfortunately, it's just a little bit uneventful because of all the new restrictions. It's very, very bizarre. Like you said, for them to be rolling down the last day of Paris, I have been here probably about almost 15 years ago, and it was a completely different atmosphere because everyone was hanging on the barriers and going crazy. But it was cool to see the guys rolling down the full width of the road. They haven't started really racing yet, but they were certainly moving along probably like... 50k an hour still bumpy look bumpy it is very bumpy and it's a new finish isn't it i mean today really is all about well one of the big questions today is whether mark cavendish can win his fifth stage of this tour de france and his 35th stage in total to go ahead of any marks in the record books as the most prolific stage winner in tour de france history that's that's one of the great plots that's going to unfold today over the next hour or so but it's a new finish francois he's obviously won here many times before but finish now as we move 350 meters further up the Champs-Élysées which does change the finish quite a lot doesn't it? Well it does in a way because it's a little bit more uh, uphill but believe me I think the uh, Wolfpack are you know kind of professional enough to have uh, checked the new finish. It's, it's, it's a little bit strange for us because we we're, we're supposed to be placed uh, on the other end on the other side of the Champs-Élysées which is a little bit strange and as uh, Mitch was saying we see more security guys than, uh, than spectators which is a little bit uh, Uh, troubling. For, for now, before we, we, we reach the, the final moments and before we see whether Mark Cavendish can uh, beat the unspoken uh, record, they went, stepped into the Champs-Élysées, went onto the Champs-Élysées, and it was all about Tadej Pogacar's celebration. The UAE team, you know, in a line, opening the way for the rest of the peloton. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's part of the last stage of the tour now, it's part of the show. Uh, it's, it's more like a kind of a criterion already, even if at the last minute, you know, there'll be a, a massive uh, victory, uh, stage victory at, at, you know, at stake. Even more of a criterion type feel to it, I think with the new, uh, the new circuit here, um, I quite enjoy the final stage. It does feel like closure on the Tour de France. It, there is a sort of party atmosphere, even in these, uh, with these restrictions in place. Mitch, I don't know, I mean, you must have watched that final kilometre um, and, and being a, a lead out man yourself be having been involved in bunch sprints yourself there's such a there has been such a formula to it with the final lead out man bringing the the rider back through that across the Plaza Concorde into the finishing straight we always get that fantastic camera um, panning alongside the riders as they sprint here but this means uh, you were saying in the car you know the, the Cavendish and the other sprints are going to have to have two riders ideally in front of them coming around that final corner I think realistically, Quickstep are probably going to be the only ones who do set that up. And probably I think it's going to be quite easy for them because every team is going to just want them to take control. 
Oh, and the attacks are off. And yes, oh, we're away. It's an EF radar. Great to experience that first attack. And it looks like um, Bissinger's off the front. Anyway, back to, oh, God, it's single file. This looks hard already. What a, what a change from when we just saw them go past two minutes ago. Oh, look at them sprinting out of the seat, single file. I can tell you right now, these boys are not liking that in their legs. But anyway, yeah, you're coming out of that corner. They're going to have to have two in front. So the speed's going to be super high. And I think Quickstep will be aiming like Michael Morkov likes to go inside, you know, 400 or 300, start doing his turn. So like you said, they're going to need, you know, Casper Askreen taking him well and truly through that final corner. Well, somebody who's here to see whether Cavendish can do it is his old mentor, Brian Holm, the, the Dane, the Danish sports director, who still works for the Koenig Quickstep, but not on as many races as he used to. He used to be a permanent fixture here at the Tour, but he also worked with Cavendish at HTC High Road and, and really in his pomp. Um, they're reunited again this year, of course, at the Koenig Quickstep. And he's here with his family. I spoke to him a few minutes ago at the Koenig Quickstep bus. Brian Holm, back at the Tour de France, when were you last here? I think last year here was at 2018. 2018, of course, was a year where we thought we were seeing the end of Mark Cavendish's career. That was, and that was three whole years ago. Can you believe what we've seen at this Tour de France with Mark? Bit of a surprise to me also. I mean, with Bennett in the team, starting the season with Bennett, who won the green jersey last year. Cav coming back, back to the team, proved himself Turkey again, getting into Belgium. And uh, now it was sort of a fairy tale. It was fantastic. When you look at him, it just, he looks like he's turned the clock back because he looks like the Mark Cavendish of 2008, 2009, 2010. To be honest, the first race I did with him this year was Cavabatali. And already in Cavabatali, he was climbing like ever before. It was really, he was really good. His trainer, Vasily, always said the the is the pushing. He can win in the tour. He said that already a few months ago. But okay, once in the... It's to say it, and another thing is to do it, you know. So at the end of the day, the very little puzzle, a big puzzle went together, and uh, well, he won a few stages. What is it about this team? Because obviously Mark had a good time here before, but this team's ability to bring the best out of sprinters is, well, it's, it's, a real, it's a real thing. It's a trend that we've seen now with several different sprinters. What is the, what is the magic here? I think a part of the magic could be when you see the heavy, heavy mountain stages, Tim de Klerk, Dries Devenange, Ballerini, Merkel, sitting around the sprinter. I mean, not because I saw it, but imagine maybe Demar, I think he was out of the time card, I don't know if he was sick, but, but any sprinters who's dropped, I mean, maybe if he would have had three, four teammates around him, they could have made it also. So they knew they should take calf calf in the mountains, they did. A few days was very close, was uh, very hard for the guys. But they made it, and uh, with Cav, you know, he can pull it out, you know, when he survived the mountains. It's sort of, he can get into very good shape with the mountains. One day you think he's dying, and the day after he's winning. I was the same in 2008, 9, 10, 11. Just the last few years wasn't too good. But with Cav, it's always the head, isn't it? You know, when the head is straight, then he can win. But he can be a weird fucker also. Eh? <laughs> is it giving you satisfaction to see a real Danish um, part in his success with Michael Morkov, as we call Merku. Yeah, of course, I know Michael. He's, he's, he's living next to me, uh, uh, just next to me in Copenhagen. And Michael doing a brilliant job, you know, and uh, he's, I would say, probably one of the best, if not the best lead out men for the, for the moment. 
Well, it was the same with, with Michael. I mean, when he came to the team from Christoph, from Katusha, nobody did really consider him as a good lead-out man. I mean, so like the sprinters, they're getting better here, but it's look like the lead-out man getting better here also. Eh? Keep in mind, when he rode with Ries, with CSC or Tinkoff, I mean, he was supposed to be a climber. I mean, Bjarne Ries, the mastermind of cycling, thought he was a climber. And well, pretty wrong, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Brian, uh, we're on the Champs-Élysées here. Well, we're at the... Uh Pastel Concord. Um, is Mark going to do it today? Is he going to take stage win number 35? Oh, for sure, we're spinning on him. Uh, I hope so, but I think for me, personal is more important if you can keep the green jersey. I think that's something. I mean, I arrived here and couldn't even remember if he won three or four stages. I mean, he can beat Eddie, Eddie's record, you know, one more. Well, that's nice. But uh, if he doesn't do it, I think it's nice also. But the most important for me is for sure if you can keep the green jersey. That would be fantastic. The Cycling Podcast at the 2021 Tour de France, powered by Super Sapiens. Energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Still guessing on fueling? Not sure what or when to eat and drink on rides that matter? Never again. Optimize your fueling strategy with real-time glucose data, actionable insight, and personalized analytics. We are here to help you achieve your performance goals. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success. Hi, Cycling Podcast. My name's Shona. I'm from East Lothian. And I had my second baby two years ago nearly. And I've been coming back to training, both running and on the bike, ever since, really. And I would love to win the Super Sapiens competition because I've become very interested this year in how the menstrual cycle affects your training and how it affects specifically the energy needs you have for your different interval sessions or long runs, how what you need might be quite different from one week to another within the same month. So I feel like the Super Sapiens system would give you a really great insight into that, the fact that you're offering these three months so you could see uh, how that progresses over several cycles would be really fantastic. Uh, so I would love to win it. Thank you very much for the podcast. I love it. Keep it up. Thank you very much indeed to Super Sapiens, our title sponsor. Uh, we heard there from Shona with her entry for our competition to win three months worth of Super Sapiens products. Thanks very much for all your entries. I guess they're now closed. It's the last day of the Tour de France. But we will pick three winners to win three months' worth of the Super Sapiens census. It's lovely to hear Shona's Scottish accent there as well, of course. Um, that won't be a factor in whether she wins or not, of course. It's out of my hands. If you would like to find out more about Super Sapiens, go to supersapiens.com. The Dutch, that's the Dutch uh, flag. It's not the French flag. They got it the wrong way around, Francois. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a red, it's red, white, and blue. So, well, m maybe if I turn around, I will see it in the right way. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know about you, Mitch, but um, something I've always thought is that the sound of bike racing is very underappreciated, and I think we get it here. Uh, you know, with the the, the the smooth cobbles, you get you really get that to full effect, don't you? You really do. I have to actually admit, this is probably the only time this whole week that I've really wanted to be out there. I'm watching these guys go around and that that sense of achievement 
that you get from an end of a grand tour and this last stage is really special. Not that I've done a Champs-Élysées stage, but the last stage of a grand tour is this real, it's a beautiful moment. And actually watching the guys go around, I know what's, how they're feeling. It's hurting, but it also feels good. And yeah, I'm a bit envious, I have to admit. Well, listen, before we uh, get to the, the f final of today's stage and the, the finale of the Tour de France, let's hear what a few riders uh, made of this race, their best moments, their worst moments, their unsung heroes, whether we are at the dawn of the Tarei Pogacar era or uh, really in it already. Let's hear from a few riders now, riders and other people. Seb Piquet, race radio at the Tour de France. Stage two. The victory of Mathieu van der Poel, probably like a lot of other people, but it was, uh, honestly, it was unexpected. Everyone was expecting him to win on stage one. He won on stage two and in astonishing style. And that was the emotion that went with it, which was perfect. That was my best moment of the tour. Worst moment of the tour? I enjoyed my tour. I have no worst moment. Unsung hero? Uh, based on all the interviews I did in the morning or in the evening, I'd say a guy I didn't know very well, Ben O'Connor, really, really, really uh, impressive on the bike and always chatty, always smiling, always interesting to have a, a, a word with. Ben O'Connor. Michael Morkov, the current quick step. Best moment in this tour? That was a lot. We had five stage victories. All of them was very beautiful. Worst moment in this tour? That was the stage to Tinje, where we uh, had to fight very hard to make the time limit. Unsung hero of this tour for you? Tim de Klerk. Pierre Roland, B&B Hotels. <laughs> I don't have a really best moment. Maybe maybe tomorrow when I see my wife and my, uh, and my uh, kids. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my worst moment when I sick uh, Saturday, next uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah, I, I feel really sick and uh, I'm really thinking it's uh, pretty hard to do my best. And uh, when he's work uh, a lot like me well, for this um, for this Tour de France and you know your stage is coming and you don't feel uh, 100%, this moment is the worst. The unsung hero of the Yeah, he's uh, from Godamo for sure. I think uh, almost nobody know him uh, before Tour de France, but now a lot of people know him as a uh, comportment, the uh, stronger it is. And yeah, for me, he's my, uh, my hero. <laughs> and the last question, do you think we're, we've entered the Pogacar era? I think uh, yes, he's young and he's strong and I think he win a lot of race. Julian Bernard, Trek Segafredo. What was your best moment in this Tour de France? So far I think it's uh, the victory of Boca for sure. That was an unbelievable moment for the team and that was really nice. We really race aggressive uh, with the team this uh, this year so we we get something, a stage win is not so, it's not every year we get this. So. It's a quite nice feeling to, to have a victory. Your worst moment in the Tour de France? Uh, the first stage when I crashed, for sure, it's not never nice to, to start the Tour de France like this. You never expect this at the end, so but it was okay. It was a small crash, I, I crashed alone. We see uh, there was a lot of big, big crash in, uh, in, in the first stage, so I was quite lucky and uh, it's not really annoying for the rest of the Tour. The, the unsung hero of the Tour de France, Louis Roux. I think Franck Bonamour is one of the of the heroes of the Tour for me. After so many days when uh, we didn't listen on the radio, he was in front of fight for the stage win. So I think he's an uh, unsung heroes guy of the Tour, I think. How many tours do you think Pogacar can win? That's a good question. Uh, every time we say we saw a new face coming and we say uh, he will win for sure five, six, seven 
Tour de France, but so far uh, uh, we say exactly the same from Bernal or for a guy like this. So he's a young guy. The only thing we don't know is uh, how far he can be. Maybe in two years there is a new Pogacar coming also on the peloton and all, and win the Tour straight away. So I think we came on the on the on the time where uh, it's difficult to to estimate uh, how many Tour the guy can win. Luca Mezgec, Team Bike Exchange. Our best team result, stage one, when uh, Bling was second, on a very tough finish. Worst moment of the tour. Stage two, Tignes, worst weather, long climbs, empty in the end, cold in the middle, has the worst moment, worst day. Unsung hero. Who would that be? Chris Jules Jensen, the strongest man alive. Every day, in the break, chasing the breaks, helping the team, just doing everything. Strongest man alive. Luke Durbridge, Team Bike Exchange. Best moment of the tour uh, for me personally was I, I, like the Von 2 day when I was in the break, going over the top first lap with uh, the world champion and things like that. It was just like, it was unreal to see the crowds and it's a climb I always grew up watching so it was uh, really special to do that. Worst moment? The stage in Detinius. That was just filthy. You're rattling cold, super hard into a rest day but it was just, it was just horrible. Unsung hero. I'd have to say my uh, Japanese soigneur, Massa. He's just such a legend. He's just like, with Japanese military precision, he gives you your massage your legs. And he's just got these little funny quirkiness about him. But um, yeah, I'd have to say my soigneur looked after me this race, uh, Massa. Simon Geshka, coffee this. Best thing about this year's tour for you? Having new French fans since I'm in a French team. Yeah, <laughs> Worst thing about the tour was for me the weather. Sometimes really terrible. Stage just before the first rest day, I was in the breakaway, but uh, at one point I just froze. That was it. I found myself in between the last and the second last Gruppetto, which is not my usual place. But on that day, uh, I was dead. And who is the unsung hero? I would say Michael Morkov. Not winning, but uh, always there and preparing the wins for Kev, which is uh, obviously uh, not an easy job doing the perfect lead out. I have no idea how these guys do it, but uh, he's doing it to perfection. And of course, there are many other unsung heroes, but uh, this would be the first one that comes to my mind there. Mads Pedersen, Trek Segafredo. Best moment of the tour. Right now, <laughs> the TT is over, and it's, uh, we are now way, way to Paris, so best moment is now. Worst moment? Worst moment, definitely my crash on stage eight. Hit the deck quite hard. And who is the unsung hero of this year's Tour de France? I would like to, to say Philipsen, you know, he did some quite good sprints and uh, uh, it's nice to see him uh, being in, in the top mix. Michael Valgren, EF Education Nico. Best moment in this year's Tour de France? I would probably say yesterday from my personal point of view, being in a break finally, it was quite nice. Other than that, I think the way we've been riding for Rigo the whole tour until he was like yeah, second in GC. But it's the first tour I've been with a GC rider where we always were there and we had to be there. I'm not getting caught by any crashes or crosswind or not being positioned well. So I think that's the best thing so far. Worst part of the, about this year's tour? Oh, I'd say Rigo going from second to tenth in GC. Like obviously I think he's more disappointed than me, but uh, I really want to see him on the podium in, in Paris. I think he deserved it. Also with the way we were riding, so yeah, it's a shame. Cycling is, is, is brutal. And who is the unsung hero of this year's tour, in your opinion? For everybody, will probably say Jonas Vingo. No, like, who, who expected that? Like a fellow Dane, same home uh, club. 
I kind of raced him, I would say so. I'd say him for sure. Mitch, we're into the final 15 kilometers. It's been a strange race because we, they're sort of swapping off. The same teams are going off the front with different riders. Currently it's Valger and Ida Skelling, King of the Mountains at the start of the race. And uh, who else is in that breakaway there? Schilling, uh, Michael Valgren, sorry, yeah. Valgren and uh, uh, Brent Van Moore, of course, yeah, from Lotus uh, Zidal. Yeah. So it's the same teams, the same what, what is the thinking there? Is it um, last day of the tour, try and uh, make a show? Or do they really think? I guess the one question here is that the other teams will and are leaving it entirely to Dick Gunning quite set to chase. Tim DeClark has been very, very busy. Davide Ballerini is helping him now. Are they just gambling on the, the very slight possibility of a, a breakaway being able to stay away. Well, I think they're leaning on the fact that Cavendish wants this so bad, and the less guys that he's got in the end, the better for everyone else. So they will play that card as long as they can, and Quickstep aren't willing to gamble and go, well, we'll let it go. So they're going to have to use all their men, and if I was trying to go against Quickstep, I wouldn't be helping, and hopefully they've only got one guy left in the lead out, and it's a long sprint today. So like I said, they're going to need as many guys around that last corner as possible. It's looking good for the rest of the teams because uh, we can see now it looks like, I was just watching TV, is that DSM? DSM now are helping out. So, you know, it's getting to that pointy end now where this is three off the front. They're strong guys. They're going to be hard to reel in and oh, we're getting to the pointy end. This is exciting. Here we go. Well, the other thing is, and I don't know whether we should read much into this, but Cavendish has been really towards the back of the, the peloton. They are going fast. He has looked like the effort is hurting him. I did know as well, Van Aert, um, positioned much further towards the front. He doesn't have a big team around him, of course. Um, Cavendish does. Again, do we read anything into that? No, he'd be just searching for the best possible spot. He's got um, he's he's got Michael Morkov right in front of him, so he would just be completely switched off and just following Morkov's wheel, and that'll be up to Morkov to find the best place and position in the peloton for the easiest ride. And he would have worked that out from one years of experience and two doing laps today. This is the easiest spot. Now we can drift here. Now we need to move up here. But in the next couple of laps, we're going to see them all form to the front now because there's just been no more time to move. Shoot, shoot at the du peloton. Cycling podcast, Team Car, the back of the pack, please. That's Seb PK, the voice of Radio Tour, interrupting our final Tour de France episode for 2021 to remind us to tell you that it is sponsored by MAP, the cycling clothing brand that was founded in Melbourne. And in previous episodes this week, we've talked about the design and the performance of the kit. But at the heart of MAP's ethos is sustainability. MAP is the first cycling brand that is a Blue Sign System partner. Now, Blue Sign is an organisation that works with brands and manufacturers to reduce the overall footprint of textiles with a particular focus on the chemicals that they use. And MAP have also just launched their offcuts program, which means they're using excess fabrics from previous production runs and repurposing them into new styles so there's not as much wasted fabric. And this is a conscious effort to keep unused textiles out of landfill and put them onto the backs of the riders so what's it been like riding in the kit Richard because I notice you've recycled my jersey into your jersey by the looks of the social media pictures when you were riding the time trial course yesterday yeah yeah recycling in action there Lionel but yeah there's a note inside the the kit on the label telling you how much is made of recycled material which I know a lot of our listeners are very interested in 
in this particular aspect of map, I think. We're on the road to Paris at the moment, and Mitch is driving, so I'm sitting alongside him. And yesterday, we went out and rode the time trial course. I did indeed wear one of the map jerseys, the short, the bib shorts and, and socks as well. I was fully map kitted out. And we posted those pictures, if anybody wants to see them, on social media. Uh, but it's it's absolutely lovely kit. And I've said before earlier in the week how fast it feels. Obviously, uh, I was able to test that on the time trial course um, to its full effect. And uh, it's, it's really lovely. It's, it's lovely to wear. Um, and uh, don't worry, uh, it will be uh, washed before uh, being handed over to you at some point in the future. <laughs> Can't say fairer than that. Can't say fairer than That's that. That's fantastic. It's going to arrive smelling of uh, French washing detergent before I get to wear it. Lovely. Brilliant. Uh, well, if you want to get your hands on some unworn map kit, uh, which is uh, available from map.cc slash cycling you can get 15% off all full priced items before the end of July with the code cycling15 that's cycling15 and the website again map.cc slash cycling and map is spelled M-A-A-P two and a half k's to go Mitch you were asking me who's my winner who's my roughy my pick is now Van Art for the win and my roughy is Magnus Court Nielsen 2.3 to go and you? I've got a good feeling about Van Aert just because of the, 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 the nature of the finish now. It's going to be a bit of a strongman's finish on this on these cobbles and the rough surface. And it's, uh, it's a bit of a headwind, isn't it? Head crosswind. 2K to go, mate. Come on. <laughs> I'm playing for a time here. Okay, the winner, uh, Van Aert, and the outsider. Um, no Cav. You're not picking Cav. My outsider is Mark Cavendish. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, let's okay, see, shall coming we? coming out of the tunnel now, around the last... This oh, here we go. Commentary debut, Mitch. Go on. Commentating from TV, I can barely see. So let's let's call it for that. I can. They come out of the last corner. EF are on the front. They're going to Magnus Court Nielsen, the roughie. Oh, look at Mitchelton coming now. All together. Wanty. No one's even spoken about Wanty this whole time. Danny Van Poppel. But quick step, as we thought, are all back together in the right position. 1.3 to go. That's our screen on the front. You've got Mo- Michael Morkov following. Michael Matthews in a great position. Van Aert a little bit further back. Could prove to be a good position in this long sprint. Here they come around the last corner. I'm going to have to watch this as they come around the corner and take a little pause. This is the big uh, sweep across the Place de la Concorde. Here they come. Cavendish on Van Aert's wheel. On, kind of pinned against the barriers just now. Let's have a look at this. Little delay on the TV coverage. We forgot about Ballerini. He's still there too. It's looking great now for Quickstep. Doesn't look like Michael Morkov's still there anymore. He might have done his job getting Cavendish there. I think Cavendish done a really good thing getting on Van Aert's wheel here. He's looking now to, to come out from there. Where, where really is go. Morkov? Where is he? Who's hitting out first here? Oh, we've got Tunison hitting out. As I can see, it looks like he's going to be doing the lead out here for Van Aert. Van Aert's poised, ready to go. Cavendish too far back. I don't think he's going to be able to do it from there. Stuck on the barriers. He's waiting for Van Aert to go. Off he goes. Now he's gone. Oh, it's looking perfect now for Van Aert. Clear line to the run. Cavendish is trapped in there. Here comes Jasper Philipson. Philipson on the, on the line. Van Aert. Yes. Yes, he's celebrating that. I picked it. Oh, you did? Yeah, you did. You did. And I said I had a good feeling about Van Aert as well. I mean, we said earlier, extraordinary. The effort he made in the time trial yesterday to win that and to win here now, amazing. And it was a real strong man's finish, wasn't it? Unbelievable. This is just, this is history in the making in another way right now. 
I think we've just seen something super special, Van Art. We already let's, know. Let's reflect on that. He's won one of the biggest, if not the biggest, mountain stage of the race. He's won a time trial and he's won a bunch sprint. <laughs> I just, I can't believe it. Like, I feel sad for Mark, but he's had a fantastic tour. Just wasn't meant to be at this moment. He's got the green jersey wrapped up. Well, as Brian Holmes said earlier, we probably have been focusing too much on the, the stage wins and the record, the Mark's record, at the expense of the green jersey, which he's only won once before. Um, a phenomenal achievement for him to come back, finish the tour in the green jersey and, and win that as well. I can't believe this, as we said already. And that's a, that's a UAE bus. Someone self-alarm in the UAE bus. Oh dear. So Van Art yesterday, we saw him completely empty the tank. He's won here today. And we can see today Bogatra with his teammates on the television just celebrating. You can hear the bus there. Buses are only... I think that was deliberate. I think that's the we've won the Tour de France alarm on the bus. The guys are celebrating like a goal's been scored in the World Cup. All the staff are really enjoying the moment. Let's go up and witness it, shall we? Mitch, there goes that alarm again. And the riders are still rolling in. Science in Sport is supporting the cycling podcast at the 2021 Tour de France. Science in Sport, fueled by science. Thank you very much indeed to our sponsor, Science in Sport. We are very grateful indeed to them for their support over, well, five years now. And if you want 25% off all your Science in Sport products, you can go to scienceinsport.com, enter the code... SISCP25. It's Kate. She's back with us. We've met up with Francois again and we've got Kate again and Mitch is here and we're enjoying a nice drink. Thank you once again to Science and Sport. I don't have a winner yet for our Super Sunday competition. Someone I'm sure will have picked Wout van Art and they will win £80 worth of Science and Sport products. Lionel will pick a winner and we will announce that in the next episode which will come up this week. Now we're back. Um, just outside our hotel we're in a nice bar we're actually in a just outside an argentinian restaurant and we're going to be eating here a bit later on but we're digesting for the moment uh Walt van art's incredible win i mean mitch you called it home i mean you know matt keenan phil liggett rob hatch watch your backs mitch is coming to get you <laughs> it wasn't the most ideal position to call the race from you know what was it i mean those guys have it pretty easy Exactly. They've got a TV sitting back in their cushy homes, you know, these days. It was awesome. So cool to be there. What was that we about? We had a great spot in great there, spot. didn't we? Around yeah. that last corner when they see the final straight, we got to see them. And then we could turn our heads and see a big screen. Really cool to be there today, as you heard me say. It was um, envious that I couldn't be out there. But pretty cool to call that. Really exciting sprint, actually. Um, Cav pushed the limits, I think. Without his, without his full. Um, oh, well, let's get some live interviews. Here we go. We got the boys heading out. <laughs> um, couple of teammates walked by Jonas Rush and uh, Nielsen Paulus. Just about to get absolutely. Oh, it looks like they're eating at the same restaurant terps. as us. Yeah, it was. It was just, just while Jonas didn't come by a few minutes ago because we were watching the sprint again <laughs> and you were question, <laughs> questioning his tactics. <laughs> Sorry, I'm obviously because I know he won't listen. Um, and it was interesting to see, like you know, I. Cav being the great sprinter that he is, but I think we, what we saw today was, again reminded, and we knew how good his lead-out train was, but I think this highlighted again when he was left on his own how good his lead-out train has been this whole tour, because he has been presented with the perfect opportunity to win stages, and that doesn't take anything away from his sprinting ability, but 
today he was up mano a mano against Van Aert and the other sprinters. Van Aert and Van Aert's lead out. I mean, Mike Turnison, we watched the final four or five kilometres and his, the work he did, he's a former stage winner and yellow jersey wearer as well, of course, but the work he did over the last four or five kilometres was phenomenal. Well, actually, Kaf took the, the took the right train. He took the, the he took the wheel of Mike Turnison and Van Aert. The only problem with that train is that the, the last, you know, wagon, in, in the last <laughs> car in the train did not stop, you know, just to let him go. And that's, but otherwise, you know, it seemed that, Mo- that, that Morkov had, had was not there. I mean, he, he made the right decision, which was to take Van Aert's will. But then, you know, then Van Aert didn't leave him a chance. That he didn't leave any space open. He, he really, like he had eyes, you know, behind his back, and, and knew exactly what was happening. He forced Philipson to 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 to. To, to try and curve to the to the right to overtake, which of course you know uh, cost uh, Philipson a lot of speed, and he never ever left left any door open for Kaf to 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 go through. I mean, well, we we we'll go back to what Van Aert in a minute, but that was a uh, smashing performance. I have a very pleasant anecdote about this, which is that yesterday in the press conference when Wout Van Aert won the time trial. I was the one who asked him if he was going to contest on Champs-Élysées, and he said yes. Personal success aside, I think this really does show that Van Aert is truly an incredible writer in terms of, he won Montbon too, he won a time trial, he won a sprint all in the same Grand Tour. Kind of a Grand Slam. Yeah. It's phenomenal, yeah, and it's like a Grand Slam in and of its own right, you know, just... Yeah, the thing is, yeah, I mean, the versatility. Some, some stupid, you know, old-school journalists... Uh, from the spot said he, he thought you know Van Aert didn't have a chance to of winning this uh, sprint I think uh, I think it was me actually mm-hmm. <laughs> is he the new Eddie Merckx can I can I dare yeah. say the name it, it's 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 funny when, when everybody was was looking for Cav to kind of overtake Merckx and that, and all of a sudden he's beaten by a guy who who, who behaves I mean that's cannibalism you know mm. to, to win a mountain the, 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 the one of the toughest mountain stages the toughest time trial probably and to win the the, 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 the sprint that matters on the Champs-Élysées I mean yeah apart from Merckx I, I can't think of anybody else in the same tour doing doing this, this sort of feats Wait, by, by the way that some people have asked about whether the pronunciation police PC Police Inspector, um, Chief Inspector Rob Hatch is, is taking a break from the podcast at the moment because obviously he's busy doing Eurosport commentary um, because some of your pronunciations have been, well, ang- well, the Angry Lou is the best one of yours, Mitch. He's not, he's not needed anymore. But Kate, Kate Champs-Élysées pronunciation there was spectacular, uh-huh. fantastic. I hope you're not listening, Rob. Yeah, you don't you don't pronounce the the, the, the P like it's not champs like champion. I quite liked it though. It was you were, it's uh, nice. Champs Elysee. It was Italian. Like you'd you'd very much. You'd have but got it's, it just it's, right. it's 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 the it's the champs it's the champs Elysee. Very. Je désolée. <laughs> well, listen, Jumbo uh, Visma, really extraordinary. Four riders they finished with. They've all ridden exceptionally well. Turnison today in setting up um, Van Aert was really unbelievable. Sepp Kuss has got a stage win. Jonas Vingegaard has finished second overall. Uh, uh, just a phenomenal team performance. Not what they would have wanted from the tour coming into it, of course, with their leader Primoz Roglic. But nevertheless, I grabbed Seb Kuss at the finish and he was obviously extremely happy with his teammate's stage win today on the Champs-Élysées. Another very successful day for your small team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all of you have had great success here. I mean, Wow, obviously went very deep yesterday. You surprised to see him win today? Yeah, he wanted to uh, go to the sp- go for the sprint, and um, 
I think it ju just shows what he's capable of. Uh, he's he's also really strong uh, mentally and, and driven. So I think uh, no nothing was going to stop him from at least uh, trying today. And, and he had an idea of how he wanted uh, to do the sprint. And I think he did it to perfection. So uh, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> a reduced operation. Mike Tennyson obviously was a great a great help for him in that sprint. Having Mike is huge. I mean. I think that that shows the the strength of the team we had. We we kind of had one or two guys for each situation, but we we could always make it work, and we we trust each other, so that counts for a lot. It must be a strange feeling, is it, to finish the tour not as you would have liked to have finished it, but having still managed to produce quite a lot of success. Oh, it's a great feeling because yeah, you you forget about the setbacks pretty quickly when you just switch your your goals and your mindset. And then uh, after that, everything was uh, just building momentum and going better and better. So we couldn't ask for a better, uh, better tour, all things considered. <laughs> well, we're still digesting that sprint. That was Sepp Kuss from Jumbo Visma. It was a fascinating sprint to watch again, wasn't it, and study. And a team that had a role to play, um, a presence certainly at the front, was Team Bike Exchange. I think there was an obvious thing to say is it was all in for that green jersey. And Michael Matthews had to go for that intermediate and the stage win. I didn't actually quite understand that when I called it early with you halfway down the straight. Wow, Mitchelton's riding for the stage. Mitchelton? Sorry, bike exchange. I'm, you know, let's just call it Green Edge for the sake of the conversation. Same team. And I spoke to Durbo afterwards and I sort of, I completely forgot about the intermediate actually. And I said, mate, what was going on? You guys were con contributing the chase. And as you can hear, he tells the story of that, they were going for that intermediate to try and put Michael in the best place there's probably you know a small percent chance that he could have won the stage taking that green jersey on the last day but they had to go for it Luke Durbridge is all done mate I saw you straight on the front when that break went I was like hang on a second it's a bit far from the finish what was the story there well uh, two and a half laps in there was an intermediate um, so we thought oh let's put Cav under pressure um, let's try and get some more points we wanted to look like we were working so Quickstep sort of chipped in with us for a bit until they realised that we're actually keeping it together for the intermediate. <laughs> then they just got out of there, and then we you know, we went for the intermediate. I think Cav ended up getting us anyway, and then we just sort of rested, waited, and then um, tried to do a lead out in the final. But uh, limited numbers, so sort of trying to take Luca Mezjek and and, uh, and Matthews under the tunnel here into the home straight. But now with 700 metres to the line, it's actually so far. So uh, we got a little bit caught when Wanty come past us, and um, that was it. But uh, yeah, Walt well, Bernard can do anything, eh? Unbelievable. It was just it was a great sprint to watch. I think also Quickstep ran out of numbers. It looked like a really hard day out there. It was. It was super hot. I think that was, uh, was a shock. We started an hour or two earlier than we normally do. Um, so the sun's normally a little bit down. It's a little bit cooler. So we started early and we only had 100k. Normally we have about 150k, which is about 50k longer stage. So you, you arrive later. And as you saw, the jets only flew over with two laps to go. Normally they, they do as you enter. It was just hot. I think it's starting to cook it up. So... Uh, I think that's what ended up happening and as we've seen with this tour it's been unpredictable everyone's been attacking that's what happened so even our flip was turn and burns on the on the front so. mate all done now off to the olympics here we go yeah mate, super excited that was luke durbridge uh you spoke to another australian who we saw up the road today as well you're i mean he, he's a favorite of yours already he was um you impressed stefan kung as well he, he called him as one of his unsung heroes of this race we heard that in last night's podcast harry sweeney sween dog up the road again just his enthusiasm in that interview it was infectious you know he seems to, yeah he seems to have enjoyed himself um, the, he's just finished his first grand tour first 
Tour de France, Neo Pro. He's just excited, and I loved it. I really love seeing that from him. Well, let's hear from another Neo Pro. Well, not Neo Pro, but Tour debutant, Fred Wright as well. So first Harry Sweeney, and then Fred Wright of Bahrain Victorious, because Fred Wright has given off that same vibe as well throughout this race. He finished 15th in the time trial, which went unremarked upon by us last night, and it shouldn't have done, because that was a really strong performance from him. Let's hear first from Harry Sweeney, and then from Fred Wright. Sween dog, mate. What a way to finish your first tour. Up the road. How was it? Oh, pretty rubbish. Terrible legs and bumps everywhere, but the jet's going over. Hopefully some good photos, but uh, it's really special to come on here. I wasn't expecting as many people and really could hear the roar of the crowd. It's, um, yeah, I'm speechless, to be honest. It's been a great day. Mate, congratulations. You had a fantastic first tour, and what a way to finish it. Also, Stefan Kung voted you as his unsung hero, so, mate, you've got the respect of the peloton too. The unsung hero? You really said that? Oh, I'm, I'm happy. I've uh, heard I got the nickname Elbows from uh, Quick Step, so I'm not sure what that one's about, but <laughs> I'm glad I've got a few friends. <laughs> I go and enjoy a cold beer. I will, mate. Thank you. Your dad, by any chance? Yeah, I, I just spotted them. They're just in that stand yeah, over there. He's so. been here, hasn't he? Following yeah. you around. Yeah, yeah. He's been in the uh, in the back of back of his van on a little bed. I think he slept in a uh, little car park one of the days. So. I've heard all about your dad. He's, he, he's an actor, isn't he? Yeah, he's. Bit of a legend to be honest like yeah obviously got some got some time to go and watch the, the cycling i mean he's been so excited every time i've seen him so yeah. a hell of a ride from you yesterday uh, you just decided to give it a good blast yesterday you were 15th on the stage yeah i thought i'd just squeeze everything out of myself you know like why not it's my first tour de france and you know you, it's not quite rare that you get to do a time trial with crowds the whole way so i really enjoyed that actually i think it was the sort of time trial where if you had the morale, you'd be up there, you know. <laughs> so you, that, you, you had the morale. I mean, yeah. you finished this tour in, 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 in a good in a good way. I mean, you feel like you've you've enjoyed it, have you? Oh, I love... Today was so much fun. Bumpy, but really good fun. Bumpier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, just to be, you know, in and amongst it, trying to help Sonny in them final kilometres is, is pretty special. You know, I've been watching... Watching the Champs-Élysées sprints since I was a kid, so yeah, it's, it's great. You've had it all this tour. You've obviously had a lot of success as a team. You've had a police raid as well. I mean, you've kind of experienced everything that's possible to experience at the Tour de France. That sort of stress of that night has sort of been... I've forgotten about it now. I've just finished, but it's a story to tell, that's for sure. And a lot of guys say that when they finish any Grand Tour, but especially the Tour de France, it, it changes them as riders. It's too early to say for you, but... You know, do you feel like you come out of this race a, a, a more confident rider, maybe when you recover a stronger rider as well? I think I think confidence as, as well as, um, you know, it depends how you play it, you know, with the training and stuff, how how you ease back into it with the strength-wise. But confidence-wise, you know, you, this is the, the most stressful, you know, crazy bunch, strongest bunch you're ever going to ride in. So, to you know, if I can do things here and help the team here, then there's, there's no reason why I can't do it in any other race, you know? Well, listen, the most important uh, award of the Tour de France, obviously, Peddler de Charme. We decided to award that to Chris Yule Jensen of Team Bikes Exchange. We heard from him a couple of nights ago. He went to rescue a cyclist who'd fallen off the side of the Col de Porte. And uh, we felt that was um, exactly the sort of thing that deserves to win Peddler de Charme. So I, I caught that one very briefly at the finish. Congratulations, Thank you. our Peddler de Charme, a very prestigious, the most prestigious award at the Tour de France. So I've heard, yeah. No, a big, big honour. Kind of... Pretty happy to leave Paris with uh, such a big prize. I'm looking forward to going home and have a cup of coffee. Well, it'll be uh, delivered to your home soon. Yeah, it's going to be great. Now I just got to uh, skip over to Tokyo, 
and uh, then I'll head back and uh, enjoy my prize. Just have to clear one thing up. You know Mitch is still racing and, and you're at his chat with him. Yes, he seemed to be referring to him as an ex-rider. He's, he's, he's still got a few to go. <laughs> oh, I, I know, I know. I, I know he still has uh, the famous lap of the, the track in Roubaix left and I'm uh, sure he'll do it, do himself proud. And uh, he's had a great career, so I'm happy to have been teammates with him. That was Chris Yule Jensen and we're in the right place here, guys, because look who's coming down the street. It's, wow, Paul's still in his cycling kit and Geraint Thomas pushing a... Pushing a pram. Geraint, how are you? Yeah, I've been better. It's nice to finish though and first race with the boy here, so yeah. Well, your family's here. You're pushing a, a buggy from Tour de France rider to, well, hello. Is this the first time they've been at the race or? Yeah, well, they came to the TT at the Worlds last year, but that was a bit abnormal as well. So first proper race. So yeah, it's been nice to have him here, but switch off for 12 hours and on the plane to Tokyo. So when, when do you leave? Tomorrow night. But fingers crossed nobody on the plane is, um, goes positive because I've seen stories already of people having to quarantine. So that wouldn't be ideal, would it? But so you've not had an ideal tour, obviously pretty bashed up from the start. But how do you come out of it? How do you feel? Uh, I actually feel okay um, for coming out of the tour. Uh, just rest up now and then just give it everything on Saturday and we see what happens, really. And then the TT. The TT is probably a better... Well, you know, I'll have longer to acclimatise for that. It's Wednesday, obviously, so a week Wednesday. But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I'm looking forward to it. You know, a bit of a change of scenery as well. Different, you know, with GB and stuff. It's different to the team, obviously. So, yeah. And in the team, happy. You've got someone on the podium, um, Billy, I believe he's known as. Um, yeah. But you know, that's uh, that's a success, I guess. Yeah, of course. This is the first time you know an Ecuadorian guy's been on the podium. So you know, that's good in itself. And then you know, I think we're just obviously. When you've won it seven times, anything but winning is seen as disappointment, isn't it, really? And, you know, we didn't win a stage, um, but we got Billy on the podium. Um, so I think it's still, you know, we can be happy and proud of what we did, you know. It was just, it was a crazy tour, as everyone knows, you know. It was totally different to normal. Like, so even UAE didn't seem too keen to even ride on the Champs-Élysées, which was crazy, you know. I thought, you know, make the most of it. Like, mm. you know, a few laps of honours, you know, but... Anyway, it's just, it's different, but um, go again next year, don't we? Pogacar beatable? No one's unbeatable, but he's certainly uh, pretty talented and pretty good. But, um, you know, I think well, if I hadn't have, you know, slapped off and if Richie hadn't as well, and at least we would have had a few more guys up there and could have done something different, whether that would have cracked him, I probably doubt it this tour, but who knows? You know, next year's a different... It's, Every race you start from scratch, don't you? So well, you're good at podcasting, so you know. I've always, you know, I've got stuff to fall back on, you know. So uh, <laughs> you know, you got you got to uh, broaden your skill base. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. More strings to your bow and all that. Yeah, that's the that's what I was thinking of. Good luck in Tokyo. One last question for Garrett: Is it going to be a fourth season of Gavin Stace? <laughs> it should be Stacy, oh. not Stace, mate. Come on. Oh, is it? <laughs> Gotta be, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No hope. Well, it's it's quality show, that isn't it? Quality, yeah. <laughs> and Twin Town. You seen Twin Town? No. You gotta watch that. That's okay. a cracking movie. Great. Yeah. Nice. Thanks, Garrett. Cheers, Cheers. Well, that was a bonus interview with Garrett Thomas there. Um, looking very relaxed. Strange experience for them, I think, having been so dominant here to not be winning the Tour de France and. A podium is, for a lot of teams, would be a great result, but for them, perhaps not so much. They'll be back to the drawing board for next year. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? I think it was a great point that he made there, is that after you've won it seven times, anything less than winning is a disappointment. And 
that's a really I never thought of it like that because I viewed it like that too. You know, I was very harsh on them. You know, oh, they're not doing this, they're not doing this. But hang on a second, they still had a pretty good tour. Third on the podium, they were very active in the race. They had a lot of bad luck. So, actually, really interesting to hear him speak. I'm really because a lot of people have been quite critical. Um, they promised, I suppose, at the start of the year to race in a very aggressive way, and what we did see here was that they raced in a, a way we're quite familiar with. Um, but the difference this time being that they didn't have the strongest rider in the race. I mean, Bernard, I said it before, but Bernard won the Giro, and the, and the Vuelta is, is... They've is won a lot of other stage races as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the Vuelta is looming, and you don't know what can happen. At the end of the season, we'll, we'll you know, we'll see what, what uh, the, the, you know, the record of uh, Team Ineos has been, and I'm afraid it'll be a good one, you know? Kate, it's great to have you with us once again. What's been your highlight of the tour? Honestly, and I'm not, I'm not even full of crap here being on the cycling podcast has absolutely been the highlight of my tour i'm serious this conversation is so good every night it's been so great driving around with you and francois definitely i i would have been so lost that first week if it weren't for you guys especially because it was such a crazy week uh as far as the race is concerned i'd say my uh my highlight was this is so hard actually because there were so many great moments in that first i i want to say matthew vanderpool taking the yellow jersey was probably my highlight that was and how emotional he got about it i thought that was like a beautiful moment and definitely one worth remembering it almost seems like a different race doesn't it matthew vanderpool <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah he was <laughs> he was yeah years away amazing before we wrap up tonight we've got some uh, some some culture we've got lots of thank yous as well but francois we're in we're in paris yeah, so I mean, you know, know anything about this place? No, I mean, I only lived twenty years there. But as like most Parisians, when you live in Paris, you never go to the Eiffel Tower, you never go to the museum, you don't know anything about the city. So much to say about it. Uh, the word of the day is Panam. Do you know what Panam means? No. Panam. You don't know. I can it say it, but I don't know what it Panam. means. It means Paris. That's the slang mm. for Paris. Oh, yeah. So I, uh, I was wondering, are, are there slangs for London, for instance, Lonnie or something? I don't think so. Yeah. Not as far as my Melbs for Melbourne. Um, Melbs, yeah, of I mean, course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> could be sure, yeah, could be. Chai Town. Don't call it uh, that. Chicago. Yeah. So, so actually, the the the, the, well, the slang for Paris and the you know the the, the Parisian from the suburbs you to call Paris Panam. It's 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 a, it's a little bit gone now. But if you tell a Parisian. Where are you going? Où tu vas? Uh, I'm going to Je vais à Panam. I mean, uh, people understand it. So Panam, yeah, is, is the slang for, for Paris. Cheese of the day. We're, uh, we had cheese every day, so we're forced to have cheese today. Uh, it's not from Paris, but it's a cheese that probably one of the most favorite cheese, cheeses in the Paris brasserie and, rest and restaurants. It's the Brie de Meaux. Uh, Brie is, is, is a little bit like Camembert. I mean, you know, Camembert being the... the cheese in France, you know, the, the symbol of France, you know, we have beret, baguette and camembert and, and, um, and you've got Brie de Meaux. Brie de Meaux is a little bit, uh, it's a little bit bigger than, uh, than camembert and a little bit more creamy than, uh, than camembert, but it's, it's, uh, as its name implies, comes from Meaux and Meaux is a place just outside of Paris where, where Brie has been made for centuries. If you, if you really want to look Parisian when you come to a, a Parisian brasserie and you, you're ordering cheese, Guys would tell you what you want: Cantal, uh, Brie de Meaux, and, and and you go for Brie. And uh, if you like this kind of cow, you know, very creamy cheeses with with a white uh, kind of chalky 
you know, uh, skin on top of it. That's Bridemont. The curious fact of the day, or I mean, the culture, but we we started in Chateau, and you know, so we 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 quickly forgot about Chateau because it was just the start of the stage. And but Chateau is actually the place where impression in impressionism started. You know, the, all the impressionists in the in the beginning of the well late 19th century, beginning of 20th century, they went every Sunday to a party and and get pissed in the little restaurants around Chateau. And, and the famous Renoir's painting, Luncheon of the Boating Party, uh, you know, reflects that. I mean, it's one of the most famous Impressionist uh, paintings. And you see all these guys uh, 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 in a little restaurant by the river, you know, with, with, there's lots of bottles on, on the on the table. It looks like the Cycling Podcast uh, dinner on Tour de France, but uh, I mean, there you are. And all these guys, you know, there, there are women around and if you, and you can identify every one of these guys are famous painters, famous poets. So Chateau was a place to be in 1902 and that's where the, 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 this uh, stage, the last stage uh, started. I want to pay homage, homage tonight uh, because we're in Paris to my favorite writer, French writer ever. It's called Honoré Barthélemy. And he's, he's, you can call him the original bulldog because he was the first rider to be called the bulldog. And he finished third in the Tour de France, like uh, uh, Richard Carapaz, in 1921. So that's a hun hundred years ago. This guy, so it, it, was, it was his best place in the Tour. But his real fame came in 1920. In 1920, he finished eighth in the Tour. But he had an extraordinary uh, ride that day. I mean, I mean, you know, like the pioneers. Um, he actually crashed heavily, uh, you know, ne near Aix-en-Provence. He got up half unconscious and headed for Nice with a fractured collarbone and a dislocated wrist. He climbed the Allos and the Galibier and Aravis passes on his own uh, <laughs> and without being able to pull on his handlebars. Uh, well, Dantil he still managed to reach Paris to his eighth place overall, and as the first Frenchman, he was carried in triumph to the Paris Express. Uh, and after, after the tour, he had a persistent pain in his eye, and and he realized that there, there was splinters, you know, from from his crash in his eye, and he had his eye removed. And from then on, the the, the, the next year when he when he finished third in the tour, he had a glass eye, and and so there was so much <laughs> dust and dirt in the roads at the time that every time he was racing, he was taking his. his oh. Off, you know, like the guys. They don't make them like that anymore, <laughs> do they? <laughs> they? You know, the guys now they put back their their, their sunglasses, you know, on for, uh, for the finish. So what he did, you know, he, he had his eye removed, uh, uh, you know, for the stage. And when he was coming to the finish, he was putting his, his glasses. You're eye kidding back. me! I'm not kidding you. <laughs> Honoré Barthélemy, the 19th, the third in 1921 tour, a true he oh was born God. in the 13th arrondissement. This great, this man, is absolutely great. Check him out on the internet. There's uh, there's, there's some pictures of this man. I mean, they were they were. They were almost as strong as Wood Van Aert. <laughs> well, yes, Wout Van Aert. Um, we've barely talked about the winner in this episode, Tari Pogacar, but we talked about him last night. We're going to be talking about him a lot because uh, he's 22 years old and he has won two Tours de France. Phenomenal. We're going to play out with a song eventually, I think, Francois, a very appropriate song and a kind of song about Tari Pogacar, I guess. That's right. Um, but before we do, we've got some thank yous to get through as is traditional at the end of the Tour de France. I might get emotional here, guys. But um, thanks to Skoda for the, the beautiful, superb car. Uh, Francois, I think you enjoyed your nest. 
Yeah. Lots of space. Maybe the last time I'm uh, sitting in that nest. Oh, <laughs> I know, Francois. Richard, you want me to say that. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm six years old now. And uh, with Mitch retiring from, from professional cycling after Paris-Roubaix, I'm kind of contemplating uh, retiring m uh, myself, you know. But, you know, after 32 tours, you know. Don't, uh, don't make me even more emotional than I already am. <laughs> uh, Mitch, you drove the car to enjoy the Skoda Superb. I did, yeah. Beautiful hybrid made car. Made some time up on that... Uh, <laughs> Estimated arrival time while tonight. while sticking to the speed limit. Um, thank you very much uh, once again, Stacy Snyder, for making all these beautiful cups, mugs, gelato bowls, and selling them for brain to raise money for brain tumor uh, research. Very grateful to her as ever. Thanks to Divine Sellers who came up with our wine collection for this Tour de France. There are still cases available if you want to go to divinesellers.com and order a cycling podcast Tour de France case of wine. Thanks very much to our title sponsor, Super Sapiens. Uh, we're very grateful indeed to them and it was fantastic to meet um, Phil Sutherland and uh, Fitzalan Crow um, in Andorra. The people, two of the people very involved in Super Sapiens, so it was great to meet them. Thanks to Science and Sport, our long-term sponsor. Gr very grateful as ever to them for their support. Thanks to Alistair Lloyd-Jones, um, who's been absolutely brilliant helping us at the Giro and here at the Tour. On the social media side of things in particular, he's done a, an awful lot of work for us at this Tour. And he's forced us to, I mean forced, I mean persuaded us gently to do things like the video, the vlogs, the video, little video entries, which um, we've, we've done and we'll do one, I'm sure, this evening. Um, thanks to our producers, our team of producers, John Mooney, Will Jones, Adam Bowie, Hugh Owen and Tom Wally. We... There wouldn't be a show every night without them. We've met and enjoyed the hospitality of several friends of the podcast at this Tour de France. I want to say a big hi to Chris and Tasman uh, Anstey, who looked after us in Charol, uh, to Spencer Martin and Karen in Mont Ventoux, uh, and Simon Lund in Teen, third time he's put us up. Thank you very much to all of them. Very, very grateful. Thanks to Simon Scarsbrook, who's done the wonderful illustrations of all of us. Um, which uh, form our logos. Thanks to Simon Gill for his photography, Chris Ald for his photography. And uh, finally, a big thank you to Francois once again. Thank you very much, Richard. It was for fun. For being a fantastic uh, member of our team throughout all three weeks. Thank you very much to Kate. Thank you, Kate, for coming on board. And you were with us for the first nine days. It's been great. Um, sharing your first Tour de France. Your kilometer zeros have been absolutely brilliant. Maybe there'll be a bit more of that, but thank you very much, Kate. And thank you, Mitch, for coming on board for the final week. It was an honour to bring this, this podcast up to a beautiful <laughs> listening level. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've absolutely had a great time with you guys. And to be on the ground and see how it all happens, it's not as easy as everyone thinks out there. You know, there's, it's not all beer drinking and uh, chip eating even though that is a big part of it. <laughs> um, it's been great. Really great to see for me as a fellow podcaster to see how it all happens. So thanks very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being along for the ride. Thank you very much, Kate, to you as well. Um, thanks to Lionel as well. Let's not forget him. He came out for the middle week or some of it. Uh, and, and it was great to have Lionel with us as well. Um, and finally, thanks to our audio diarist. Victor Campanarts unfortunately didn't finish the tour, but we really enjoyed hearing from him inside the race. Ben O'Connor, uh, who finished fourth overall, our highest ever placed audio diarist. Connor Swift, absolutely brilliant. His diary entries have been absolutely wonderful, and you'll hear more of them in next week's regular episode because he's been sending us in a lot. And Tim DeClerc of Quick Quickstep, um, he's had a big role in this race, and it's been fantastic to hear from him too. 
Let's uh, play out with Ben O'Connor's final diary and then Francois's final song. This is the final diary entry for the Tour de France 2021. I can only say that this has been a ridiculous three-week journey of true pain at the start and stress and and a possibility of a lost kind of hope and then all of a sudden things kind of got better and better and now I've managed to find myself through grit and support, determination and the motto of, uh, of never giving up in a, in a fantastic position of fourth overall in my first Tour de France with the stage win in, in teens uh, on stage nine. It's uh, yeah, it's, it, it's ridiculous. It's It probably hasn't sunk in yet. And I think I was too tired at the finish today of the time trial to really break down all the emotions. But I know tomorrow once I... Once we hit the, the Champs-Élysées and I know that my, my fiancé is there, my parents, it's going to be... Yeah, it'll be pretty overwhelming and the, and the finish will be... Will be extremely emotional and I'm proud to to find this moment in amongst so many different experiences that that have come out of the race I was asked what my motto was or what the, what one word or one thing I would take from from the race and as as I just said before it's it, it's never to give up it's uh I think it's resilience and it's something that we should always be doing ourselves in uh, in our normal lives. It's resilience that makes that makes us hard and makes us be able to cope with the mental stresses or the physical stresses of just the general world as well. I think if the Tour de France was a day longer, I would probably be in some trouble though because I think I've found my, my absolute limits and I understand now the Tour de France and and and, it, and all it's 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 grandeur it, it's unforgiving the Tour de France and to be able to come out fourth overall in amongst it all is special um, when I first came I was never I was never on the mindset and, and yeah I guess I find myself in a in a special place it's the people around you that, that keep you going and uh, I, I for sure you, you have to dig hard yourself but it's the motivation of other people everyone from the team um, to everyone around you that that, that, that that gets you gets you to the point of actually being able to, to race race with the best guys in the world um, yeah I'm really lost for words to be honest because all I can think of now is the the trip and the holiday and the and the fun that I'm gonna have after this Tour de France. Um, it's been a long year and it's only July, but it's uh, your your mental strength can only last so long. And I understand now why uh, uh, why people need such a break after the Tour de France and. Anyone who does Volta after Tour de France, I have uttermost uh, respect for because uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's something else to, to be able to put yourself through. The mental strenuous of, uh, of another Grand Tour. So yeah, I'm going to sign off without uh, blabbering on about myself, my emotions, but 
I can say I'm proud and I hope you guys were able to experience my my emotion and and uh, different experiences that came through for the whole three weeks. So thank you very much and uh, yeah, see you around the corner. No, Francois, <laughs> let's talk. Well, we were all singing along to that, weren't we? That was beautiful, Francois. <laughs> a lockdown uh, classic. And it, it reminded me that I didn't mention your DJing in the car on the way up here, Mitch. It's extraordinary stuff. We started off with steps. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> and then it got a little bit better. But there was all kinds of stuff there. Enjoyed it. Well, the theme was, we are trying to find the final song for Francois. And oh, yeah. the theme was... The Tour de France, really. and we just went on as a bit of a space theme at one point. We did. We went off on a bit of a space theme. and <laughs> you got to pass the time. It was a brilliant trip up from Bordeaux today. Enjoyed went it. Buying 600k in two seconds. So <laughs> DJ Beret is known more to friends. as We did a bit of ABBA. 
We did. We we yeah, covered Yeah, I mean, I, mean I nearly went. Yeah, I nearly went for a winner takes it all because it, it really oh. would have applied to Cath, but he didn't win the stage. Cav <laughs> Pogacar with his jerseys on the podium. Wout van Aert. There were two kind of big winners, weren't there? Would have. Uh, would have I mean, applied, Mitch, yeah. nothing <laughs> to stop you now singing us out with the winner takes take, I takes actually, it all. Uh, yeah, I don't know the lyrics to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Mitch. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Francois. Cheers. Thank you, Kate. Cheers. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all.